0: Welcome, SaaS people, to the SaaS Revolution show, bringing you front row seats to the SaaS Revolution, courtesy of SASCRIBE Media. I'm your host, Alex Thuma, and uh, I'm really excited today to be joined by James Parton, uh, Director of Europe uh, uh, at Twilio, uh, and the first Brit on the show, apart from myself. Welcome, James. Thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure, absolute pleasure. So um, I think Twilio doesn't need uh, an introduction, but, uh, but James certainly, um, you know, for those that don't know, James is, uh, as I say, Director of Europe uh, at Twilio, has over 20 years of experience working at the intersection of telecommunications and the web for the likes of uh, BT, uh, O2, Telefonica uh, and now obviously the leading telecom, uh, uh, leading Silicon Valley startup, Twilio. Um, uh, James is also an active contributor to the wider tech and marketing community, sits on the European Board of Application Developers Alliance, mentors at various startup accelerators across Europe, including Techstars, uh, and is a Tech London uh, advocate as well. Um, On top of that, um, uh, James has been named in Revolution Magazine's Future 50, uh, has lectured at the University of Oxford uh, and Reading University, uh, is a chartered marketer. Uh, holds a post graduate diploma in strategic marketing uh, from the Chartered Institute of Marketing, so some uh, impressive experience and skills there, James. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can take a breath now as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, used to be my agent. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, also uh, another well, uh, a fact that I, I, I like about you, though it's excluded there, that um, you blog as well, although not not so regularly these days. I've, I've noticed, but uh, uh, on, on the on the wonderfully titled I beg your yeah I need to get back into that habit yeah absolutely absolutely we need you to because um, you've written some great posts in the in the past but but, I haven't seen anything in 2015 so um, so talking of uh, uh, well of of Twilio I know that um, there's been a a big conference this week the signal conference um, uh, and that was in uh, in San Francisco Were were you there
1: I wasn't actually, but um, we still uh, managed to bring Signal to Europe. Uh, so we had a viewing party for Signal in both London and Berlin. So we, uh, you know, we brought together the communities that we have in those cities just to kind of sit and watch the keynote from Jeff, our CEO, um, and you know, uh, we had some good times.
0: Okay, so we stayed at home. Oh well, lucky. So uh, I, I guess then you're uh, you're, you're not too jet lagged. Um, uh, then no. obviously no, that's good. So what what is it like uh, working for uh, you know, one of the hottest startups in, in Silicon Valley?
1: Um, I mean, I think it's a little bit of a kind of cliche answer, but you know, as you can imagine, it's it's hard work. Um, it's long hours. Uh, obviously, working for a Californian based company, you have the time zones to deal with. Working from Europe. Um, but we have such a kind of sense of purpose um, of shaping the future of telecommunications. Um, that really kind of drives you and gives you the energy uh, to succeed. Uh, and of course, you know, we kind of have a lot of fun along the way. Um, but I think it all starts really with the people and the people and the culture. Uh, I don't know if uh, you're aware of the kind of the Twilio uh, company values, but we have these things called the nine things which really kind of you know, set the tone for what it's like working inside the company and, and our kind of philosophy. Um, so I'm sure you can link to these uh, from, the, from the kind of posts and stuff. But uh, if you go to Tolio.com and click on the company section of the website, you can see those values. Um, and they really kind of, you know, like I say, shape what we're all about. Um, I think I can
0: remember too, like No Shenanigans and Draw The owl.
1: Yeah, I mean if we've got time I'll very quickly run through them. So live the spirit of challenge, uh, empower others, start with why, uh, create experience, no, sh- no shenanigans, be humble, think at scale, draw the owl and be frugal. Um, so I think when you've got a company that takes people and culture so seriously it just, you know, it's just a great experience.
0: And what, what, is, what does draw the owl mean?
1: So the, the origin of Draw the Owl was actually like an internet meme uh, from a few years ago. Um, and I think everyone has a slightly different um, take on it. But if you Google Draw the Owl meme, you'll see basically um, there's a two-stage drawing. The first, so the, the challenge is draw an owl. Um, and it's a two-stage process, one is two circles, and then the second picture is a perfectly drawn owl. And I think kind of my interpretation of that is there is no instruction book, you know, you just got to use your judgment, your skills, your your gut, you know, to to get to the kind of the end goal and the right answer.
0: Okay, all right. And uh, and and so, uh, you know, as I, I mentioned that, uh, you know, Twilio, uh, well, has been named, you know, one of the hottest startups in, in Silicon Valley, I think, you know, in the top 10. Um, I can't remember who uh, who created the list, but uh, uh, I guess then on the, on the basis of that, then a lot of people would aspire to, to work for uh, you know such a, a a sexy you know hot company. Um, you know how did you get the gig uh, at Twilio, and you know how how would other people you know get to work at uh, uh, you know hot Silicon Valley startups?
1: yeah I mean, so well, I'll tell you my story and then we'll we'll yeah. kind of talk a little bit about you know recruitment at this point in time. So I mean, as you mentioned in the introduction i've I've spent you know pretty much my entire career in telecommunications. Um, I also uh, spent a lot of time at the kind of intersection of telecommunications and the internet. So when you think about you know mobile data services coming into mobile, so think about things like you know mobile content downloading. Uh, mobile music services, mobile video, picture messaging. You know, these were all products that I kind of touched uh, during my time at O2 in Telefonica. Um, But what what became evident to me was the kind of the the telecom carrier producing products and services um, was challenging. Um, You know, time to market was slow. Um, We weren't particularly innovative as an organization, um, so to me, the the obvious solution to that was how can the carrier open up and embrace software developers, and if you like, kind of you know rely on the the, the skills and the creativity of the crowd to really you know set the direction of where telecommunications should head. Um, so with that in mind, I kind of embarked on a program of creating a developer program for Telefonica. Um, originally that was called O2 Litmus, which was just for the UK customers of O2. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that developed into a global uh, proposition for Telefonica called Bluevia. So myself and two colleagues um, developed that and ran that for a couple of years. Um, But, you know, it, it... It was, you know, I think we started to change perception of telcos because, you know, as you're probably aware, telcos, certainly in the developer industry and the applications industry, have somewhat of a a negative image. Mm -hmm. But we were starting to change perceptions. Um, But then, you know, uh, Twilio reached out. They kind of, you know, said to me that, you know, we've seen what you're doing in Telefonica. We kind of like what we see, uh, considering you know you're you're working within the constraints of a telco. Uh, they were looking to launch into Europe, and uh, the conversation kind of started from there, really. Um, And I think, you know, looking back, I think there's a lot of kudos should be given to Twilio because I think a lot of U.S. startups, when they come to Europe, they typically kind of parachute in a U.S. team to establish the organization Mm. and to to lead the business. And I think, you know, it took some courage there to gamble on a relative unknown, you know, from the U.K. to lead their European business. I mean, I hope... I think that's kind of paid back, but you know there was a degree of risk there for Tullio, so I think they should be congratulated for that. Knowing that you know to really cut through in a in a local market, you need to have people that have the you know the connections and the the understanding of the local market.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, it may, it makes sense, um, uh, and and so I guess the the, the second part, um, you know, to that question. Uh, then is for let's say those that aspire to work for for you know the hot sexy companies like uh, like twilio you know what advice would you uh, would you give them
1: well certainly for the roles that i tend to hire for what we what we typically avoid you know the traditional recruiters and and that kind of channel to find candidates we much more kind of uh, take a look at how people are actually practising, you know. So, if as you can imagine, and I'm sure this will come out in the conversation as we talk, you know, we spend so much of our time engaged with the startup ecosystem around Europe. Mm. Um, you know, we're looking for people that are actively engaged in that in that community and actually giving something back to that community. So, you know, for example, people that are organizing meetups or people that are organizing hackathons or people that are out there kind of, you know, sharing best practice or mentoring. So, you know, it's easy to um, have a very impressive CV on paper, but what we tend to look for is actual real evidence of people, you know, engaging in the community bettering the community um so it's all really about what you're doing not what you're saying
0: yeah so uh and, and i think you uh have this principle or you know jeff uh, lawson your ceo you know op- often talks about doers uh-huh. and, and so i guess twilio is probably made up of uh, a whole bunch of doers right
1: it is yeah i mean we um obviously you like to get different personality types and different skill sets but i think the common thing that binds us all together is that sense of urgency and the sense of you know just take control of a situation and go get stuff done and i think you know that's where that kind of doer mentality comes from
0: okay and and um, we we mentioned at the beginning that uh, the signal conference was this week uh, what what cool things did you guys announce
1: yeah so there's a there's a very long list of stuff that we announced <laughs> at signal so I'd certainly recommend um that what was, people What uh, was the,
0: what was the biggest what was the biggest thing or, or, or is it, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean I think um there's a number of things. So we kind of announced it just before the conference, but of course video is gonna be huge for us. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, we've kind of made uh, access to telephony and messaging very democratic by opening up those those capabilities to developers. Um video is the next um kind of major um, uh, step change in what we're offering Um, and also IP messaging so we've now just introduced a suite of IP messaging that's going to make it really easy for mobile and web developers to you know embed instant messaging capabilities into their mobile apps their SaaS products their websites Um, so you know we're we're really starting to bring together that multi-channel communication and make it super powerful through the use of the uh, the APIs that we offer.
0: Did you did you also announce uh, a, a multi-million or, or was it 50 million development funds was that announced at Signal
1: Yeah we did yeah so this is this is really exciting especially for Europe I think because when you look at Europe um, you know it can be a little bit more challenging for startups and early stage companies to raise capital so, you know, personally, I'm really, really excited to kind of work with the European kind of startup scene and, and, and get them involved in Twilio Fund. So it was announced at Signal. There's going to be more information coming. Um, and if anyone's interested, then, you know, please reach out and uh, we can tell you more.
0: Okay. All right. Great stuff. And, uh, no, it's good to see, uh, you know, companies like Twilio doing uh, you know such things uh, for the startup community. Obviously, it makes sense. I think you know for you guys strategically, but still, it's uh, you know for a greater good. Uh, I, I think and uh, so uh, and uh, you, you know Twilio, we, we see that it's often uh, described as reinventing uh, what is a uh, something like a you know one point six to be specific trillion uh, communications market. Um, you know, taking it from its uh, legacy uh, hardware. To its future in, in, in software, and um, and you've had this sort of experience with working with telcos, and uh, and mentioned uh, you know on this uh, uh, on this podcast uh, about you know some of the challenges and constraints and the, the pace that the telcos move, um, but uh, you know are, are telcos your friends uh, or are they your foes?
1: I mean, there's no doubt that they're friends. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Twilio is sometimes incorrectly grouped with the kind of OTT providers, the, mm-hmm. um, the over-the-top providers. Um You know, so those guys are out there building, you know, data services like WhatsApp, as an example, which, you know, um, run over the top of the carrier's network. Uh, The customer uses the app on their smartphone um, and the carrier sees none of the benefit of that. You know, they don't get any revenue share from those services. And in fact, it's just a burden, right? Because as more and more people use those data services, they have to invest more and more in their infrastructure to carry that traffic. Um, so Twilio is not an OTT provider. And I think that's a really important point. Um, so we actually partner with the telcos. So we um, we have direct relationships with carriers all around the world um, to access their network services, like the ability to purchase phone numbers, to send messages, to make phone calls. And of course, you know, we generate traffic. So every time uh, Twilio app is using um, the the network, the carrier benefits from that. They're seeing traffic, they're seeing revenue. So it's really, you know, a, a kind of mutually beneficial partnership. Um, and I'd also, you know, I think you know, talking about some of those comments I made about the, the, where the telcos focuses, you know, historically the telcos have struggled to engage with that kind of startup community, the kind of app economy. Um, so I think, you know, you could argue that Twilio is also opening up new revenue streams for the telcos because we're we're engaging and onboarding a customer base that's been traditionally quite difficult for the carrier to engage with.
0: Okay, so I, I was perhaps being a little bit uh, cheeky or un, unkind in my, uh, well, uh, an article that I wrote this week about uh, possible SaaS exits uh, for, for this year where I, I put, uh, put in a, a meme of Jeff Lawson saying that he was going to crush the telcos with uh, with his APIs. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> perhaps, uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, uh, a, a bit unkind of me, but uh, anyway, so let's on. Let's um uh talk about uh well, continue on the the, the, the Twilio rhetoric. And uh, you know, we mentioned doers, um, you know, Twilio also talks about software people. Um, so what is a uh a software person, and, and would you say that the, a, a SaaS person or SaaS people are, are the same thing?
1: Yeah, we should start copywriting one of these slogans, shouldn't we? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: um Right, yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, so
1: a software person, you know, doesn't mean that we only talk about coders or developers to be a software person. Mm-hmm. We kind of defined a software person as anyone that kind of sees the world through the lens of software and believes that any problem can be solved by software. So, um, you know, take Uber as an example. Um, you know, we don't see them as a taxi company, we see them as a software company. Um, you know, they're using software to solve a specific problem. So you could be a product manager, you could be a project manager, you could be a marketing person, you know, you can really be anyone within an organization Um, and, you know, obviously SaaS um, applies as much as anything as well, Um, you know, to be a software person in our eyes. So if you take a specific example, you know, think about something like, you know, call centers, which is obviously, you know, kind of close to our business. If you think about the old way of doing things, it was about buying and maintaining physical boxes, you know, physical hardware that you would either put in a data closet somewhere and have someone have someone maintain them for you and have to upgrade it every 12 months, you know, you'd be paying license fees for features you never used, you'd be having to buy um, your peak scaling um, for your kind of predicted uh, call f- um, volumes, even though you can't really put a finger on that. And for the rest of the year, it's wasted money because you're using, you know, paying for all that unused capability or capacity. So, you know, that's kind of the old world. That's the hardware world. Uh, that's a hardware person if you think about the future and what software people think about, all of that is now virtualized. It's all now software. It's all in the cloud. It's all incredibly scalable. You only pay for what you use. You're not tied into maintenance contracts. You're not tied into you know kind of fixed fees or recurring payments or you know all of that kind of stuff is gone. It's just it disappeared uh, over the you know overnight effectively. So that's kind of what we mean when we talk about software people versus hardware people
0: okay and you you, you mentioned uh, uh uber there uh, as an example yeah. um and they're, i guess you know one of the many uh let's say uber cool brands that uh, uh that our uh, customers of uh, of twilio's um you know such as airbnb and box and zendesk and you know yeah. I, I could go on um mm-hmm. but you know how do you guys uh, initially you know win those customers and you know, i i guess and if we're looking at um, you know, other companies out there that are listening, that are startups that aspire to work with, you know, similar brands, you know, um, taking that into context, you know, how did you win them and how could other um, SaaS startups potentially win such customers?
1: Well, I think I think what connects all of those companies is they're great examples of builders, mm-hmm. you know, that they're all building um, experiences from scratch, you know, um, and essentially Twilio. 20- provides tools for builders so many of those relationships has really developed via those companies developers picking up Twilio you know they might have seen us on Hacker News or TechCrunch or they might have bumped into us at a hack day or they might have just gone to Twilio.com and experimented you know because one of the secrets to our success is the low kind of barrier to entry um so we, we we've seen those relationships really developed by the engineers inside those organizations just wanting to work with great tools um so as they grow, we grow. You know that's our business model. So that's you know um, a, a mutually beneficial situation there.
0: Okay, so you didn't have to sell into Travis Kalanick, but uh, actually the developers did the selling themselves, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it's an evolving story for Twilio, and this is one of the really fascinating things as we kind of grow through our development as a company. You know, certainly from from formation through to kind of relatively recently. Um, You know, the developer outreach led by our developer evangelism team and our marketing and our events has really driven that kind of grassroots swell. Um, And you see a really powerful kind of referral effect, um, and people just discover us, you know, and sometimes it's hard to put your finger on where or how they've done that. Um, And as the company matures, obviously, we are now kind of looking at more traditional sales kind of approaches where, you know, we carry on. Um, with that kind of developer outreach and nurturing the startup ecosystem where the Ubers and the, the Airbnbs come from, but in parallel, we're also looking at how we kind of also, also develop, you know, channel programs uh, to work with partners and, and how we kind of do direct selling into more kind of traditional enterprise, either directly or indirectly. So, you know, that's a really interesting point of our evolution as a business, which we're going through right now.
0: Yeah, and uh, and actually, I mean, it builds on a kind of theme that we've had in Sascribe about talking uh, about, you know, if SaaS products are so good, you know, that they can actually sell themselves. If we look at Slack, for instance, um, you know, then why do we need salespeople? But it, it seems that there are, you know, some companies like Twilio, like Basecamp or Atlassian or Slack that actually, you know, they can start off with... Uh, either through word of mouth or through, you know, some kind of evangelism that the products will actually, you know, start to sell itself. But then at some point, you know, you start to need to build out the sales team. Right. So, um, yeah, no, it's very, very interesting and very, very poignant for uh, for the Sascribe uh, readers and listeners. Um, so um, we mentioned in your, your intro that uh, um, uh, that you're uh, a mentor at uh, a number of uh, startup accelerators, um, such as Techstars. Um, could you give us some examples of the ty- type of mentoring that you provide to startups and, and entre- entrepreneurs? Um, also, you know, what advice would you give to entrepreneurs <coughs> who don't have mentors and, you know, are not in accelerators or incubators because it, it seems obviously, well, accelerators, let's just take uh, Techstars, for instance, you know, they're only going to take an intake of, like, you know, 10 startups. I don't know if it's per year or whatever, but it's quite, you know, selective. So mm. there's going to be a whole bunch of startups that don't get access to, you know, such, uh, you know, great resources. Um, so it would be interesting to see, you know, what are your sort of advice to those that, that don't get uh, that access?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I think, I mean, first of all, you know, both myself and Twilio take our role in helping to grow the European startup ecosystem really seriously. So, you know, you talk about Twilio Fund as a as a clear example of that uh, at a Twilio level. And at a personal level, you know, the kind of mentoring stuff, anything I can do to help, you know, I'm I'm always happy to do that. Um, so, uh, you know, I guess in terms of what I tend to do in mentoring, it, it you know, it typically... Falls into two broad buckets. I mean, obviously, the key to good mentoring is matching the mentor with the company because, you know, certain situations wouldn't be right for the skill set I've got, right? Obviously. Um, So I think, you know, it's always uh, key to make sure you find uh, mentors that really have uh, the experience or the kind of uh, contacts that you're looking for to grow your business. But, you know, essentially I tend to work with a lot of companies that are thinking about growing or building a platform and how do they kind of build a community around that platform. So, you know, there's been a couple of examples from tech stars that are kind of looking to, to do that challenge. So that's where I spend some time. Um, and then the other thing is just networking, right? You know, it's just opening up the address book and offering to connect people to other people because, you know, you wouldn't believe just how important networking is in the industry. Um, and I think that sort of like leads onto your second question, which is if you're not in an accelerator, you know, what do you do? And I think my advice there would be just get your face out there. Um, you know, there's, there's so many events every night of the week and weekends, of course, um, and many of those are free of charge, you know, so you don't have to be spending money to go to these events. Um, and and really that's the way to start to build, you know, momentum for your business and for your personal brand. So it's all about socializing, evangelizing and connecting. Um, I mean, I haven't kept an exact count as you can imagine, but I just did, did flick back through my kind of, you know, I don't know if you're aware of a service called Lanyard, which is like a social events mm. kind of banner. So I, I just, had a quick glance on there and it looks like over the past eight years, I've been to an event every two weeks.
0: Right. So
1: that's the kind of level of investment, you know, to kind of build your profile and build your network. So it takes time. It's disruptive. You know, you kind of lose that line between, uh, you know, Private life and work life, but you know, don't do something if you don't love it. I guess is the is the is the is the mantra there.
0: No, absolutely great great advice. So uh, so for those listening that are building uh, their their own sort of startups, um, then get out of the building and you know start networking and, and start going to these events. Um, you know, absolutely, hundred uh, percent believer of that. Um, so um, uh, you know Twilio, you, you well you, you've got this marketing background. You know Twilio has got a great brand. Um, you know, does some really great marketing. Uh, they seem to have got it, you know, really right. Um, you know, what insights, uh, you know, can you give us into Twilio's marketing strategy? I mean, it's sort of quite a broad question, but, um, you, you know, any kind of tips as to why Twilio has managed to execute a marketing so well?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, that is a big question, and <laughs> we could <probably laughs> spend a couple of hours going into that. I mean, I'll keep it broad um, and higher level, but... Yeah. I think two things that are really important to me, which are kind of at the secret of well, let's put success in quotes yet because we've still got a lot of work to do. Um so, you know, the first of all, that we know that we're not successful without our community. Um and I think that's really fundamental. That's that really sets the tone for everything we do because you know if you're not familiar with Twilio our business model is simply is a pay-as-you-go business model so you you just pay us every time you make a phone call or send a text message uh, or you know make a video call or you know whatever that might be so there's no recurring you know contracts there's no fee you're not committed to paying us for services you don't use it's you, you know if you use Twilio today and then stop using Twilio tomorrow then we don't have any revenue so you know, that really incentivizes us, you know, because that means we wake up every day thinking about how we keep our customers happy. Um, So, you know, there's no complacency, there's a lot of sense of urgency. And there's really a kind of willingness to see, um, you know, our customers succeed. Mm. So when you look at the kinds of marketing that we do, it's very much, you know, around telling customer stories. You know, it's, It's spotlighting our customers, you know, giving them as much, you know, support from our marketing muscle that we can give them, especially for the earlier stage companies. Um, You know, it's also, you know, things like, you know, participation in community, you know, making sure we're sponsoring events so they can happen, so the community benefits from those events. Um, You know, and I think that kind of, that sense of urgency and that willingness to help just seems to build um a lot of brand equity um and a lot of um uh kind of you know like i say referral a lot of loyalty um and it seems that enthusiasm is really infectious because it spreads really really quickly that said you know that stuff is so easy to lose if you're not genuine you know so it's it's difficult to win the hearts and minds of this community, but very easy to lose them. Mm. Um, so, you know, not only do we have that sense of urgency, but we also have that sense of we're on a mission and we, we have no divine right to succeed. So we take that stuff really
0: seriously. Oh, so, I mean, a, a, a great answer, you know, perfect insight. So, I mean, would you be... It'd be fair to say that, you know, because of this bold business model, uh, you know, that you have, that Twilio is effectively one big customer success organisation, not a customer success department. So you just wake up every day and you're thinking about, well, you know, we've got to, you know, make our customers happy, but with integrity. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, when you look at who we're competing against, you know, in the hardware world... You know, you can imagine what the product life cycles are of those hardware products. You know, the products that are sitting in people's call centers today were probably designed, you know, 10 years ago, maybe even longer, maybe 15 years ago. Um, And, you know, you have that kind of typical small incremental change, you know, once a year, maybe if you're lucky, once every six months. But you only get access to those features if you're paying your big fat maintenance fee and all your license fees, right? So, you know, Twilio is deploying new features to our platform every day of the week. You know, it's constant innovation. Um, and that's kind of really at the heart of everything we do um, because, you know, we, we are in a situation where we can listen to and react to what our customers need from us. Um, so, yeah. Okay, that's
0: great. Um, what, what what three uh, marketing tips, you know, could you give SaaS startups uh, that they should be doing yesterday? <laughs> um,
1: I'll give you four. Uh, So, first of all, product. You know, I mean, I know it depends on your organization. You know, some organizations, marketing is not directly involved with product. In other organizations, they are. Certainly within Twilio, product and marketing are hand in hand. So it really all starts with the product. You know, if you're not solving a hard problem, uh, uh, why are you bothering? Um, You know, you've got to make it easy to use. And and I touched on this earlier in the conversation. You know, I think a, a key... Um, cornerstone of where we've been successful is a low barrier to entry so if someone cannot come to your website and sign up and start using your product within five minutes you're doing something wrong Um, so that whole self-service funnel is so so important for growing these kinds of companies Um, the second would be connect you know we kind of talked about the the networking stuff Um, so I think you know you need to be seen as part of a community and I think the important thing here is, again, we've touched on integrity, but I think, you know, it's give many, many, many more times before you would attempt to take from the community. So really establish yourselves that you're serious about the community. You're in it for the long game because, you know, people quickly see through you if you're just a sales guy out there trying to make a quick buck and, you know, you're very superficial and two-faced. So, you know, it's, it's all about giving before taking uh, because you just won't get a second chance if you screw it up. Um, third one would be measure, you know, so be very data driven, know how your marketing playbook affects your business and the satisfaction of your customers. Um, you know, don't be afraid to experiment because obviously you're not going to get it right all the time, but you need to have a handle on, you know, what those experiments are doing to your business. So you can double down on the things that succeed and you can drop the things that don't work. Um, and then my cheaty fourth one is people um so you, you you know you're only as good as the people around you so don't fall into the trap of hiring people because you have to under pressure you know hire people because they're amazing and that's going to save you a whole bunch of pain further down the line
0: uh, so great advice and I'll, I'll allow the cheats uh, <laughs> as well so that won't yeah, be yeah that's fifth hustle <laughs> and, and cheat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right and, uh, uh, and so i think we're coming to an end now but um you know so a couple of you know quick fire uh, questions um, who are your top three influences?
1: I'm terrible at questions like this because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, the only person that immediately springs to mind is Gary Vaynerchuk. Do you know? Okay. Gary?
0: Yes, yes, I, I, I do. Um, but uh, please elaborate.
1: Well, so I think certainly for the British people listening to this, he's very much a marmite kind of character. You either love him or hate him. But I think you know, I think. When I look back at my kind of career inside Telefonica and the telcos, it was at the, the point where I started to kind of read Gary's books and, and watch his kind of videos, where I suddenly, you know, switched onto this whole concept of kind of personal brand and really being in control of your own destiny. And if you're not happy with something, go and make an opportunity for yourself. So yeah, I'm going to give I'm going to give all of my three slots to Gary Vaynerchuk because okay. I love him so much.
0: Very good, very good. Thanks. And um, uh, next one: Has software eaten the world? Um, yeah I think well, well it's certainly certainly
1: starting to fill up yeah so um, you know you, everywhere you look you know just I mean I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a super super early adopter but I look around and my car has an app so I and Wi-Fi I can control my heating from my uh, my mobile phone now uh, we talked about companies like Uber I just came back from Rome this weekend and you know used an Airbnb in Rome which was like a third of the price of a hotel and the whole thing was done through the mobile app you know so when you look around all your touch points you know I pay for my parking at the train station via a mobile app so I no longer need my coins in my pocket for the parking meter you know everything is being software driven um, so I think we're pretty much yeah certainly certainly getting there
0: Okay and last one when is hashbang.tv coming back? <laughs> um I'm not aware of any
1: demand for hashbang tv okay. to come back. Okay. Um, I met Chris actually a couple of weeks ago my uh, my my co-presenter on hashbang tv so we're still we're still hanging out but uh, at this point I think we're a little bit too busy and uh too bad at the whole podcast things to come back with that
0: okay fair enough fair enough uh, um, so uh, anyway i mean you've been a, you've, you've been a great guest james you know um thanks for being on the show um we hope you like this edition of the sas revolution show uh and and listeners we'd love for you to to rate or review us on itunes uh, if you do and uh, we'll see you next time thanks james thank you